and welcome to a- another episode of Yowie Reddit. I'm one of your hosts, Maggie. And surprise, I'm also one of your hosts. My name's Laura. And just like the title of this book we are covering in the One of Us is Lying series, one of us is back. Well, I guess two of us. We're, we're both back. back. We're both back. We're back yeah. in your little ears this week um, advertising. <laughs> really cute ears. <laughs> your little baby ears using our big girl voices to cover Karen McManus's One of Us is Lying, specifically her new book that came out July Today, today, as like this recording is being released on the day this book is released. So, spoilers. Oh yeah, big spoilers. If you guys haven't read this one, obviously you're not teen royalty like Laura and I. You maybe didn't get an advanced reader's copy, which I don't know what that's like. Couldn't be me. But couldn't couldn't be us, but um we can understand your feeling. Can, but um yeah. run to the, your nearest bookstore since now that you can get it, like the civilians that you are. Yeah. And read it because if you didn't, you know how this podcast goes. If you don't know how this podcast goes, hey, thanks for coming on for our 103rd episode. We are covering the new book in depth. So take a pause. Take a pause. Take a pause, take a pause come it. back. Go buy it, come, come back. back. Take a pause, come back. This this episode isn't going away anytime soon, so it'll be here. I'm going away. If you want to read 10 pages and then you want to catch up on those 10 pages for like two minutes without <laughs> I, I also love that we're spending a good minute being like, this is an episode that will contain spoilers for this entire book. <laughs> yeah, we need to hit the point multiple times. Yeah, just so head. none of you can come back here and say, wait, 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 I haven't read this. We told you probably told you. 15 times that this is a new book that is just out today and we are going to cover it in depth. In new and creative ways, I must say. We are, yeah. we are putting a little slap spoiler alert on it. I would say that there is definitely a siren on this podcast and it's that this is a brand new spanking <laughs> book and that you can buy it right now um, and we're going to be covering it. <laughs> This is the coolest, yeah, the coolest we've ever felt is me and you reading a book before the public got it. It's cool. Our guys, our book says advanced readers copy, not for sale. Like how high tech and cool is that? How high tech and cool is that? Um, and without further ado, I guess we should maybe summarize where the last book left with um So true. Phoebe um Maeve and Knox Phoebe and Knox kind of seems like they left things open-ended they, they, on... they could be a thing they might not Will they won't they you know yeah I caramba I caramba Maeve and Lewis they are together and everyone seems happy you know these murder mysteries they need a little yeah. zest and happy ending yeah everybody's a little bit happy um we also know that Owen was the um follow-through on Emma's uh, scheming in the last book and uh, Phoebe and Emma decided to just like kind of cover for him and not talk yeah. to him about it, but just like cover for him. Um, so we'll see how that plays out. And fellas in this book, I don't know how Karen managed to pull it off, but she did because we are rocking with every character from the first book and the second book. Point That's of right. We have we're seven switching. main characters. However, we're just focusing on three people's point of view. Uh, it's going to be Addie, Nate, and Phoebe. Maggie, how do you feel about these choices for the point of views in this book? I I think I agree with these choices. I mean, like, obviously, Addie, 
I really wanted to know how she was doing and healing after the right. person she dated for three years fucking attacked her. That sucks. Yeah. Um, and also ended up being a co-conspirer. Um, Nate, I really, I mean, you can't get enough Bronwyn and Nate. I wanted one no. of them, and Bronwyn seems to be like eons ahead. Bronwyn's in like terms good of- this book. Bronwyn's like she's living her best life. And I think, um, if they were gonna pick anyone from. The second book, I think Phoebe makes the most sense. Phoebe I think does Maeve, make the most sense because she had the she obviously had the most cliffhanger of like her brother literally yeah did something very horrible. So did her sister. Like Phoebe, like Phoebe, not only has like daddy issues because her dad died in like a horrible accident. She's got big sister issues. She's got younger brother issues. She also has mommy issues, probably just from the fact that her mom's stressed out about everything that's going on. I so Phoebe's got, Phoebe's got ish, familial issues. Poor Phoebe. Phoebe is. Phoebe needs a therapist on retainer. So true. And we open with um, Addie, Bronwyn, and Maeve. They're kind of hanging out. They're watching this like summer series press conference that's going down in the Eastland High Auditorium where. Jake Riordan, uh, Addie's ex-boyfriend who tried to choke her, as we mentioned, is- Slay. No, I'm kidding. No, not slay. Not slay. <laughs> not slay. Um, is talking about his mistakes, which um, he seems to have moved on and learned from, even though it was like two years ago. I yeah. don't know. So his entire deal is that like he's like kind of like out on a- um, pending trial like there there there's mm-hmm. there's a possibility that he will be tried again uh because his entire trial ended up being like inconclusive because there was one juror that kept saying he wasn't guilty uh which yikes yeah um, it seems like the juror x um kind of meddled a bit in the sense that he was sending text updates about the case to his girlfriend and also reading news sites he wasn't supposed to be reading which yeah, is like bad. I don't know. Maybe take your job seriously. Yeah. Honestly, right? It's like, especially if, like, you're called to jury duty and, like, it basically ruins your entire life because you have to, like, go there for however many weeks and not work. Like, just do the job. I know. Well, now that juror, public opinion, doesn't really like him. Um, But public opinion does like Jake. uh, For some reason. I guess, I mean, like, I feel like that's the whole when you're a serial killer or did something really wrong and you're kind of hot, like the Menendez brothers. Yeah. Or, um, or like Brock Turner. Did people like Brock Turner? I mean, he got off pretty easily. Oh, I guess he did. I mean, I, I mean, that's the kind thing. Of the I don't think people life. liked Brock Turner, but he got off pretty easily. He did. I get think off the entire easily. vibe is like when you're like kind of like that all American guy, yeah. you can get off pretty easily, especially if you come from privilege like Jake. Yeah, and like I mean, Jake has his own little fan club. He's he's a little miss the serial killer was a Ted Bundy who Zac Efron played. I don't know. Yeah, who knows? Yeah, don't fact check me on that. No, it, not good. They're watching him give his statements, and he is like indicating he feels bad about it. But Addie's like, I can see right through him. He's just upset that he got caught. He yeah, would do it again 100%. if he thinks he didn't get caught. So she's kind of yes. stressed. We also learn um, that it will have been two years since this all went down in November. Ashton is pregnant with Eli's bebe. And Addie, because of this impending child that's coming, is now living with her mom again. And things, for the most part, seem to be kind of getting better with her mom, despite everything they went through in book one. Now we're going to check in with Phoebe, who very suspiciously is at (sighs) Jake's reading at this seminar uh, and we also learned that Emma's moved away, but mostly that Phoebe is at the seminar watching Jake's entire speech, 
which is bad, Phoebe. No, you're supposed to be friends with Addie. I know. She has good reason for being there, though. She's, like, just trying to see if Jake feels any remorse. Uh, Maybe would he do it again? Because okay, she she's... does say she had a crush on him previously, though. So oh, I do feel like did? there is there's a little bit of foul play here that I feel like because Phoebe's, like, one going to see like because Owen w- did something bad, so she's like maybe he could he has changed. But I've also always kind of liked him, so like maybe there's like room for me. Man. It's like Phoebe, no, bad. You can't do that. So she doesn't chalk up to asking him any questions because she doesn't want to draw any attention to herself. She knows her friends are watching this, and they all catch up later at Cafe Contigo, their favorite place to hang out. Despite us giving a top five of other places they could have hang out. Listen to that, our podcast. Weird, but okay. <laughs> weird, but okay. And later, Phoebe sneaks into Knox's house through the window and Knox lays down some boundaries. He's like, listen, I think it's great that you are in my bed. That's wonderful. But the fact yeah. that we did kiss and didn't really talk about it I don't know if this is the right move for us as friends. Yeah, so they go to uh, commence movie watching in the living room from now on. No more bedroom sneaking in. Um, And we also know that, like, Phoebe, this whole keeping Owen's secret thing uh, is really eating away at her. She kind of just seems very on edge and keeps, like, lying about, like, what's going on. So, like, in this moment where she could just tell Knox that she does have feelings for him, she's just like, yeah, great we're buddies let's go to the living room like she's she's really just like slipping (laughs) yeah isn't it awful when you are the friend friend zoning yourself right she's self-sabotaging in more ways than one (laughs) we switch pov to nate he has recently just passed a billboard on his little motorcycle because he's hot boy nate and the billboard says that it's time for a new game debut don't love it. Don't love it. Hate it. In fact, vibes. Baby has done too many games. Too many games. Arguably, arguably, gossip blog wasn't a game, but kind of a game. Um, truth or dare, bad even, game. Not even any fun games. We don't see any fun games in this. We don't see any board game life. We don't see yeah. any Yahtzee. It's not bad. Any games. Monopoly for people who enjoy Monopoly. Not even playing any 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 like hopscotch. Any Red Rover. Red Rover. You know what would be kind of a fun, high-stakes, death-defying game? Um, if they played a Never Have I Ever, that'd be kind of fun. Maybe for I book four. Like, I feel like there's been a horror game, a horror movie of Never Have I Ever. Interesting. Maybe, not, maybe I'm thinking of Truth or Dare again. But either way, that, could, that still would be very fun. Let's look into that. And if not, Maggie and I are patenting the rights to that idea. <laughs> we should. Nate um, is living the dream, working at the country club. Slay. <laughs> Slay. When he runs into Vanessa, the old bully from book one who kind of tripped Addie, boo. And also is was like outing Cooper at lunch. Yeah, bad. bad. He was bad. And she's trying to get drinks. He won't serve her because she's 19 and underage. And she Ugh. sucks. And she sucks. Um, and we also know that the Riordan family goes to this country club as well. And we also get a little update from Nate's family life since we know there were so many um, issues that he was dealing with. But his dad has been sober for like four months now. Um, And while Nate is at work, um, Mrs. Rorden reveals that she has gotten a call that Jake is, in fact, getting his new trial and that he's coming on home. Woof. Bad news. Bad news news bears, if I've ever heard it. Yeah. Uh, Just like that movie, Bad News Bears. Bad News Bears. (laughs) 
what a horrible movie. Um, Addie is in a place where since Jake is getting out, she doesn't really want to be left alone. And her friends don't want to leave her alone. So Cooper yeah. is driving her around while Jake is out of prison. Prison. And she kind of drops the fact that her and Keely shared a little kiss Ooh. last time they were together. So we learn Ooh. Addie is bisexual, which I love. I love that as well. And I also need to point out, because I was taking my notes before we recorded today, and most of Cooper's actions in this book are him driving people places. And I do think that is really funny. Where I was like, I, I was going through my notes and I was like, oh, and... I guess Cooper's driving again. Sounds good to me. <laughs> hey, no coincidence. Cooper and chauffeur start with a C. No hey. coincidence. <laughs> hey. Um, but she's getting a restraining order against Jake because he's coming on home. Uh, Eli, st- uh, brother-in-law, great. He's running through the stra- restraining order rules, et cetera, et cetera. And then he's also going to divert his lawyerdom and be a uh, brother-in-law. And he's like, can I hand you the baby sex envelope? Because we don't want it to be revealed just yet. Yeah. Eli and Ashton, they don't want to know who it is. So they give they don't want to know who it is. They don't, they don't know what the gender is. They don't want to know anything. They don't know who it is, baby. what it is, how it is, where it is. They definitely don't they want to be know surprised on as many levels as possible. They stopped ultrasounds at month two. They don't know want to know where that baby is yeah. in her body. They don't want to know that Ashton is pregnant. They want to be surprised when the baby just pops on out. Sorry, but if my sibling gave me the letter, I would look at it, figure out the gender immediately. immediately, and then I would keep dropping little hints that I know, and I would drive my sister fucking crazy. I just oh. know it. I would just take the secret and then I would just know it and I would put it away and then I'd probably tell some other people, but then I wouldn't tell, I wouldn't tell the the rightful party. You're so good. I would just yeah. be like crazy if this room was like painted pink, maybe uh, and then blue. You go, I don't know. I don't know, but I do know. <laughs> um, and then we check in with Phoebe, who's at work at her job at Cafe Contigo. Uh-huh. And Owen is 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 still making his rounds, always in Cafe Contigo, but we also know that Owen's a different lately and not just because he's had a little growth spurt it's because he actively participated in the foul play murder of brandon from the last book most likely um they talk about the billboard a little bit and that it's a little weird uh and phoebe ends up yelling at owen in the middle of cafe contigo because he's like looking at like death videos on his phone and she's like that's insensitive which is i would argue a pretty normal thing for 13 year old kids to do maybe you didn't i looked up a lot of i watched a lot of weird shit on the internet but i mean if you were accidentally killed someone i i think it would be a little different Maggie, did you accidentally kill somebody i'm if you're normal and well adjusted watching people get hit by a train is is normal I'm, the look on my face is in such distress right now. I did not watch any of those videos when I 13, nor do I recommend 13-year-olds doing that or anyone doing that okay, for that no, matter. Don't do that. I'm saying it's like people do when they're 13, though. I'm not saying 13-year-olds, if you're listening to this, um, I'm happy E-Bombs World doesn't exist for you right now. But if E-Bombs World existed for you, I'm an ally and a friend. And listeners, so- I I hope you didn't do that when you were 13. I hope that isn't a normal thing that like, I'm like this weird person who didn't do that when I was 13. And we're like, yeah, Laura, we all watched people die and get very severely injured when we were 13. So Owen's having a pretty Meggy Tuesday of a 13 year old, minus the fact that I didn't kill anyone. And Phoebe snaps at him. And afterwards, she's asked to leave the restaurant. She runs into um, Jake because she gets a flat tire 
and he's just like there and your car got a flat tire last book too so clearly there's something wrong with this vehicle go to goodyear this is an advertisement for goodyear go to goodyear or autozone whoever wants to sponsor us (laughs) but jake shows up you're right take it away meg jake changes the tire for her his mom's around don't worry and he he is just like you just need practice to get better at a tire and phoebe is on edge i also kind of took it as like you said, she has a crush and seemed like, I mean, nervous yeah. he was around, but why is she nervous? You know, is it because he killed some, or he didn't kill someone. He was just the co-conspirer that he almost killed someone. Or is it because she has a crush? Maybe know. it's a little bit of both. But um, now we get a, uh, an interesting uh, uh, device in this book where we are getting constant flashbacks to six years ago where we're learning more about Jake and Simon's friendship. And in this moment, we are six years earlier, and we just see Jake hanging out with Simon, and um, they're trying to just kind of keep going about their little play date while Jake's mom and dad are fighting in the background. Yeah, his dad calls his mom to ask about dinner, but someone else picks up the phone. And he's like, why are you picking up my wife's phone? We don't get much context outside of that, but it's interesting. Context to come. Yes. But then we're going to check in with Nate, uh, and he's mad because he's living with um, General Pervert from high school, Reggie, and yep. his, like, six-person household. His roommates are having a vote to let him stay because they all don't want their rent to go up $150, which, like, I think is fair because, like, $150 a month extra is a lot. Um, so they all yeah. decide to let Reggie stay, essentially. Yeah, Nate doesn't want him to because he was caught on Simon's blog filming a girl while hooking up with her without her knowledge. So Nate and Bronwyn don't really like him. But I mean, what are you going to do? You're outnumbered by your four billion roommates. Yeah. Nate's dad stops by and Bronwyn's trying to set up like a dinner between Nate, him and her because he's a janitor now at Bayview High. He's trying his best for Nate. um, Yeah. Which he he indicates to Nate too. He kind of pulls him aside. He's like, I'm really trying my best to get my life back on track. I know I wasn't there for you. And he does say that Jake has been working out at the Bayview track, just as like a, just letting you know where he's at. Cause I know you're yeah, he's like legally allowed to be on the track, but like not anywhere near the school because of everything that happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we check in with Addie who is at the mall with Ashton and her mom. They're doing some baby shopping. Um, and Ashton drops that, that billboard that said time for new game baby Bayview was actually hacked. Uh, so that like wasn't anything normal, which is also not great because it's not some just random advertisement. That means that somebody is up to something. Um, yeah, and it's actually, not like also, it's an, oh, sorry, not an advertisement for Goodyear here on yeah we read it or no. or AutoZone depending on oh. how it's us. um Ashton also is kind of urging uh Addie and her mom to kind of have like a talk because obviously like uh, a big uh, source of tension is the fact that mom was so team Jake and Jake ended up being awful um yeah. and Addie ends up using that little drop from Ashton to text Maeve to use her hacker skills and look into that billboard situation further mm-hmm they're at Nate's 4th of July party the next day. Maeve has spent a lot of time uh, researching and says that she's found an Instagram dedicated to Jake. So researching the wrong things, but she found one dedicated to Jake sightings. Phoebe was on it from that day that they thought that she might have been in the audience. And 
They also learn that Jake changed her tire and the whole group is kind of like, Phoebe, what are you doing? And Phoebe panics. This is also Phoebe's point of view. She is panicking. She goes to talk to Vanessa. I think like, I think there is something in the book about her logic being like, well, no one likes Vanessa. No one likes me now. So I guess I'll just talk to Vanessa. Um, And she takes one of Vanessa's drinks because Vanessa's drunk and Phoebe decides to get drunk. And Phoebe, after drinking herself silly, is not doing too hot. She ends up passing out in like a beanbag chair in Reggie's room and Reggie's really creepy. She yeah. goes back outside and then uh, runs into Jules and Jules says that Monica likes Knox. So now Phoebe's insecure about that. Um, and then the, the, the party's kind of like winding down and uh, Phoebe just hears behind her of like, oh, Phoebe, that was a really bad idea. And Phoebe passes out. It turns out somebody drugged her. So that's not good. No, the gang figures this out the next day at Cafe Contigo, not the drugging part, but they are all conspiring to like kind of plan Nate and Addie's joint birthday. And they're like, hey, has anyone heard from Phoebe for a while? They try calling yeah. her, checking her Snapchat location, which but they can't God, remember the days. They can't go find uh, Phoebe until they watch Cooper's commercial because he did get a sports sponsorship from his local gym. Yeah, um, he and he is. Very, very bad in this commercial. Um, But when uh, Phoebe's mom calls Addie and is like, hey, uh, I haven't seen Phoebe either. They look at like her Snapchat location. It says she's still at Nate's. So they're like, that's weird. Mm -hmm. They start backtracking. Bronwyn and Nate start at his house. They're looking for her phone because obviously her Snapchat location is there. Yeah. And they find it near a bench in the garden with a text from Emma saying, where are you? So they're like, oh, we we need to go to the police maybe and file a missing persons report. And now we're in Addie's POV and she is pissed because these cops are more concerned about the fact that there was underage drinking going on than the fact that a literal human being is missing. Um, And when Addie and Nate are left alone, they start to notice that there's this like really suspicious car that they've seen before. Um, And it's at like the end of the driveway. And as they like start to consider like going towards it and ends up just zipping away. And then before they can even think about this car further, Nate's dad calls him and is like, hey, buddy, you gotta come to the school. Something's going on. So, yeah. Oh, I always feel like I'd be like, can't you just like say it over the phone? Can't you just right? like, tell me? You gotta come. You gotta yeah, come. Like, I, I hate that. Well, you gotta see this for yourself. And it's like, well, is it, is it, is it, am I seeing something good? Am I seeing something bad? Give me a vibe. Give, Give me, me a, a ranking. Context. Give me a little bit of context, please. Nate and Addie go, and Nate's dad is like, hey, meet me at the equipment shed. So maybe he just wants to just pick up pickleball because it's a pretty no. popular sport right no, now. No, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. <laughs> They run into Jake practicing, which Nate's dad brought up. And Nate is like, oh, shit, I'm really sorry, Addie. And Addie's really overwhelmed. Um, Jake, yeah. it's kind of like a fine interaction. Jake's like, I can go. I can leave. Um, and Addie's like, yeah, you do that. And he's like, All right, Yeah. Man. And before they can even, again, think about this whole Jake sighting, uh, Nate's dad runs into frame. And he's like, oh, OK, don't worry. I called an ambulance, but you should see this. And he takes them over to the equipment shed where Phoebe is like tied up and asleep. And there's the word practice written on her arm. Yikes. Nuts. Absolutely nuts. Big yikes. 
So after this, Phoebe really needs to blow off steam. I mean, homegirl's just been drugged. So and don't worry, because Cooper... Cooper is giving her a ride. Because <laughs> Cooper rhymes with Uber shows up. Um... <laughs> it's, it's funny because it doesn't even really rhyme. <laughs> it does. They both end in ER. They it's drive around. It's not rhyme, yeah. Yeah, it's a slant rhyme. And they're going to head to Cafe Contigo, um, but he brings her to like this abandoned kind of junkyard with cars. And he's like, when I was outed and I was really upset, Lewis brought me here and I just hit cars with shit, with hammers. And she does feel a little bit better about this. I would do. I love that. That was really nice. And later at the cafe, uh, Maeve is telling everybody about everything she's found on this talk app. Um, and Phoebe is slowly realizing as Mavis talking that Jake was the one who told her all it takes is a little practice when he was changing her tire. And now that was the word that was written on her arm. So something, something's not quite adding up here. Something's not. Maeve also mentions that she spent the past two days tracking, trying to track things down. Little hacker girl. And she says she's been messaging a jellyfish um, from the last book who was in the Vengeance is Mine oh, forum no. on this like alt-right app called Bad. Talk. Dangerous. Um, and she's trying to figure out what's going on, but that kind of, there's going to be a lot of dead ends in this book and that one is one of them. Yeah. That's definitely and a dead end. Phoebe is also going to mention that the only thing she remembers about her disappearance is that there was this like white wallpaper with like green vines all over it. And it was so distinct that she, she absolutely remembers it. And Addie immediately is like, I, the only place I know that a wallpaper like that exists is in the Riordan vacation home. So of course, of course they have a vacation home. Of course they have a vacation home. We get a flashback to Jake and Simon Simon's making a list of reasons he hates Jake. He's also noting the hideous vine wallpaper that he has. Yeah. While Jake is kind of talking to his dad and Simon's overhearing some things about. I know, seriously. His Ouch, dad is that's, that's brutal. Saying Simon is creepy and to not invite him again. I would feel like shit. I'd be like, right? okay. Oh my gosh. That's like my worst nightmare is to like be like hanging out with a friend and then like overhear them just shit talking how awful I am or like how creepy I am or like weird I am. I'd be so sad. I think the only, the closest I got was someone had their mom on speakerphone in high school and I'm pretty sure I've brought this up on the podcast, but they said they, they were like, you're hanging out with Maggie Gates. Doesn't that girl smoke weed? And I felt very cool. So <laughs> the opposite. Opposite effect. Okay, so it can be used for good. Um, so. We tap back in with Nate after that little flashback. He is at the country club um, and Jake is there. And Jake immediately, no, knowing Jake, knowing that he's on probation, decides to start taunting Nate about like, I cannot wait for like this little facade that you're putting on to wear off. And you lose everything, you lose your jobs, you lose the girl, and then you just spiral because you don't have Bronwyn, who's your little glue holding everything together. Like, it's a, like, it feels like Jake rehearsed this monologue. Like, that's how long it is. And Nate gets mad. Nate lunges for him. And Gavin, his coworker, is like, hey, Nate, buddy, it's not going to look good. You got to take a walk. Nate walks out and as you would know, if you're a server with your loyal tables, there's like three moms on martinis being like, 
Nate, if you if you hit him, I won't. T- I'll say it's self defense. And I was like, I love these bobs. Go off, yeah. And, and also, the moms are like, we want, we don't want him at the the country club. We feel unsafe with the criminal here. Uh, so it just goes to show some rich people aren't that bad. <laughs> so, we're like some rich people. Sometimes it's okay. It's okay to to. They're using their rich powers for good in that who situation. <laughs> their, their rich mystical yes. powers. <laughs> To get whatever they want. <laughs> Rich powers assemble. <laughs> in other in other situations, nonviolent criminals, we love them. Great, keep them around. Yeah. Jake, fuck Jake. Jake can yeah. Die in Jake a bad is awful. Basket. Jake literally is a criminal. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Seriously. But while this is also uh, this all went down, a little silver lining that the country club moms are gonna are gonna step in and use their mom <laughs> rich people powers. Um, but Bronwyn is not responding to Nate, and he's like, "Oh, that's not ideal," because she was getting things for this dinner, and then um, he also learns from Maeve and Addie that she isn't responding to them either. So now uh, he's panicking because Jake also just said, when Bronwyn's gone, you're going to spiral. And now Bronwyn, hypothetically gone. So now Maeve, Nate's Addie, doing? Spiraling. Spiraling. So <laughs> Maeve, Addie, and Nate do what any of us will do and just decide to go to Jake's vacation house. They're almost to Jake's when Bronwyn calls to apologize. And she's got like a wacky side character adventure where she was like i'm so sorry i went to the market there were no good raspberries so i went to go pick them in a field and then my phone fell in a creek and i rolled my ankle and then i had to walk home like the story i will say did sound weirdly fake like bronwyn what were you actually doing i i don't know you know when a story is like so specific it's real and you're like i guess that's unique to you i guess it happened but Addie's like, since we've came this whole way, we should just check out his house anyways to see if the wallpaper I'm remembering matches up with the wallpaper Phoebe remembers. Exactly. But as they're getting even closer to this house, Jake's car is parked in the driveway. Uh-oh. That's not good. And before they can you turn it on out of there, Jake comes out and spots them. And Jake, he's on a roll today because not only did he taunt Nate, but he's going to threaten Addie as well. <laughs> I imagine him in like sweatpants with his favorite 7-Eleven Takis just saying the worst shit to Addie as he's like also just eating a handful of Takis. He's really being really mean. He's like, hey, Addie, handful of Takis. Every time you look over your shoulder, one day I'm going to be there. Another handful of Takis. And Nate is not not going to be there to protect you, bitch. Swallow Um, the Takis. But Nate... Maeve has gotten out of this little threat circle and she was able to get a picture of this wallpaper while Addie was just getting berated by Jake, which is good. Yeah, good for her. So she brings it to Phoebe the next day, hunting and gathering as you do. She goes, look at this photo I got of Jake's wall in the wild. And Phoebe's like, I appreciate it, but that's not the wallpaper. And they're like, great, then why did we go to Jake's vacation house? Why do we do this in the first place? Why do we do this? Um, But we're going to have a little side quest here because now uh, Luis, May, Phoebe, and Cooper are all driving to get Cooper a brand new car. Everything's turning Um, up roses for Cooper. Yeah, Cooper, who has been driving this entire (laughs) book, will get to drive in another vehicle, which is very exciting for him. His character goal is get new car. And his character goal was achieved like page 150. He got the new car. He's getting the new car. (laughs) 
Um, Maeve also does give like a little update on her forum search. I don't think anything really um, groundbreaking comes from it. No, Maeve just apologizes mostly to Phoebe about being yeah. like, I'm sorry we went in on you. And that's that's it. And later, Phoebe is going to climb into Knox's window that night. And she kind of comes clean because, I mean, she's carrying a lot on her shoulders. She is yeah. like, listen, I was actually at Jake's because Owen, you know, my younger brother, he he kind of like did he carried on for Emma's place um and I think was inadvertently kind of the reason Brandon died but he didn't really realize why and Knox is like great now that you told me you can tell everyone if he's like I don't think that's where I was going okay Phoebe gets really defensive about it but I also really understand Knox's point of view of like you gotta kind of tell people about that Phoebe that's a big deal (laughs) like someone literally died that is a huge deal yeah, but Phoebe's like, I can't, I'm not going to yet. I just told you because I, I trust you. And Knox, and she just kind of storms out because yeah. she's overwhelmed. Yeah, she she leaves in a panic. And also because for some reason, saying that little secret didn't make Knox fall madly in love with her. Crazy, right? <laughs> yeah, I think she was like, if I get this out about Owen, oh, then we can be together. And he's like, then there's we can have sex. Steps. There's a few steps in between. Lots but of she steps. doesn't want that. Um, then we tap in with, uh, Nate. He learns that Jake has been banned from the country club. Thank you, rich moms. And Mm -hmm. we also learn that the reason Vanessa has been hanging out at the country club so much is because, uh, she wanted an internship at Jake's mom's like old job. And that's kind of like her only thing she has left. She has a very vulnerable moment with Nate where she's like, everyone hates me. Why do you think I'm here all the time? It's because all I can focus on is like trying to get this internship that I already didn't get, but I want to get it again. Uh, And Nate, pitying her, decides to invite her to the joint birthday party. She does also say that Conrad and Olsen, the ad agency, they are the company that they're getting bad press right now because they run the billboard that said it's time for a new game. Yeah. Which he's like, okay. I mean, on top of, I want to apologize to everyone. That's a nice little tidbit. So he's like, why don't you come to Addie and I's birthday? Yeah, and that's pretty good. You, you. No, you go. I want to hear what you said. Because I was going to say that that night, Nate's having a little little fun time. Bronwyn and Dad, they made him dinner to make up for the entire time where Bronwyn went briefly missing. um, (laughs) Not in a spooky way. Um, And while they're having this dinner, they find out that Reggie has gone missing. So that's not good, but also not necessarily bad, given the fact that Reggie's kind of a creep. and they're immediately like, hey, t- hey, gang, let's go to the shed again and see if Reggie popped in there. Um, and Reggie's not, check. Reggie's not in the shed. So they're like, well, nope. that's, that's pretty good. And they're like, but maybe we should do like a quick check of the school really quick. And dad's like, whoa, 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 I have to keep my job. I'll go check the school. I can't just be like letting people into the locked school all the time. And um, immediately the dad just comes back. He's like, oh, I'm the, the security cameras have been turned off. So you guys come kind on with weird. me. Yeah. Kind of weird. You guys come on with me. And they go through the gym and they're like, mm, something feels off here. They go into the men's locker room and find a tied and bound and bloody body of Reggie who has died. Yeah. Reggie is tied to this chair and it kind of seems like he knocked over himself and blood is pulling at his head. He fell over and he died. Don't you hate when that happens? <laughs> Yeah, I do. I do hate when that happens. That's bad. (laughs) (laughs) And that is the end of, we start part two after this. We start part two two on on a little bit of a happier, cuter note. 
Very Keely cute. and Addie are FaceTiming and Keely essentially is like <laughs> a lot of nervous energy when you have a crush on someone coming from Addie. Keely is essentially That's like, true. listen, there will always be an us to pick up at any time. So do which not is, worry. She, which is so nice that she's like, I like you. I like us. There is no rush. Like, I'm not like saying we have to define something. I'm not saying we have to be something. I'm not saying we have to not be something. Like, it's really, really cute and really, really sweet. And it's and, cuter, too, because Addie's mom comes in and notices uh, her face is flushed and she's all happy. And she's like, Keely is a lucky girl, which is very cute. sweet. It's cute that her mom is like not even like a oh this. Her mom's just like ah okay slay. Um, after this, they're in the Rojas media room, and the Bayview gang is all debating what's going on with these like arm messages because they found uh Reggie had an arm message as well. Like Phoebe had perfect. Uh, sorry, Phoebe had practice. He had makes. Uh, so practice makes, and they're like, it's probably going to be perfect, but like, what does that mean? Um, and they also think that Reggie's death was again, maybe an accident. Maybe he did, he knocked himself over and wasn't supposed to be dead. So they're having this small hangout when there's a little knock on the door. Vanessa has shown up party attire ready because this was initially supposed to be the party that no one showed up to that became a hangout. Yeah, they can't. They canceled the party because Reggie died, and they're like, we shouldn't have a fucking joint birthday party right now. Which again, valid. Nate didn't tell Vanessa though, so she is there, ready to rumble, and everyone is so confused. They're like, what is she doing here? And she gauges this moment, and she starts apologizing. It's not really going over well. My favorite is that Cooper's boyfriend, Chris, is there and he's mad. He's like, I don't really understand why we should accept your apology. You literally were like doing like queer hate crimes because you were bullying Cooper when he came out. And he gets her to donate to like a, a, a queer It's not the charity. Trevor Project, is it? I, I, think it's the, I think it's the Trevor Project. And he's like, "You, that's how you repair for your sins. And she's like, yes, sir. Honestly, I love that. Good for Chris. Chris doing that yeah she's kind of moving past this moment as you got to no one's gonna feel sorry for you and she notices that they're looking up old ad campaigns for the practice makes perfect thing which was um kind of like a prompt for an sat to try to get kids to take tests and she says that it was a conrad and olsen campaign where jake's mom used to work so this is some pretty interesting new news for the gang yeah it was like an SAT ad where they just said like practice makes perfect in it. And then it was like study yeah. for the SAT. So Vanessa's turning out to be pretty helpful because she's, she's got <laughs> yes, something she that, that they like wouldn't ever have found or considered. Yeah. Um, next, we're getting a POV from Phoebe. Emma is finally home. P is mad at her for taking 12 days to show up after she was missing. And Phoebe's like, yeah, but like, sorry, Emma's like, yeah, but like flights are really expensive. <laughs> I know Emma seems really depressed too and Phoebe's like could you go to a therapist and she's like with what money which relatable relatable sliding scale too still a lot yeah they try to talk to Owen they're trying to figure out what to do with Owen and he's kind of seeming like unremorseful that Reggie died and they're both like this is not good no no they're like who are we trying to protect A a murderer still um, but then Phoebe goes to the ad agency incognito style. She's just here to like learn about the ad world. It's a very good lie because uh, she ends up talking to uh, the one of the people in charge there and she gets info on. She's the there practice- like a stick on mustache from CVS. <laughs> 
<laughs> and, a, and a trench coat and a fedora. <laughs> and she's getting info on the Practice Makes Perfect ad. And she learns that the main director of that commercial actually drowned and that Jake's mom was the co-director. And there was a rumored affair between the two of them. And both of them are no longer with the company. This is a really fruitful meeting for Phoebe. Yeah. Imagining her in a trench coat stacked on top of Owen. Owen's under there too. But she also learns that the managing- Owen is not there for the record. <laughs> listeners. Owen's not. It's a joke. <laughs> the managing director's son was in the commercial. And he's yeah. got three C names kids. There's Chase, Chelsea, and Christopher. And Phoebe's like, oh man, I, I left with a lot of intel. Yeah. Figured out his kids' names figured out the affair thing and he drowned yeah and number one which happened six years ago uh to another flashback and i hate this a little flashback because it's jake's dad telling jake like the type of girlfriend he should get and he's like you should always get somebody who's like at your beck and call and wants to provide for you Uh, and like basically like shitting on the fact that his mom like has like a job and like dreams and a drives of her own and jake's dad is like no 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 you don't want a relationship like this you want someone who will submit to you in any in every capacity possible thankfully his mom has other hobbies on top of her plate besides work because they overhear their mom talking to someone saying don't you think i want that too but there's jake to consider as well and his dad is pissed he's like make us some chicken salad yeah (laughs) chicken salad exactly no this scene was written so good because it's written from like uh jake realizing that his dad is so pissed but trying to hide it in in such a like good way where he's just like a grit smile of like we would like some food um it's it's so good um then we're gonna tap into pov of nate and nate and bronwyn are at his mother's apartment and it is the day after reggie's funeral and cooper is gonna get in his hot new little car and drive all of them to the beach yeah, it's he's like he's got a black Subaru, but it's got to be a big Subaru. It's got to be like minivan size because I imagine all of the kids they're piling them in there. Happy montage at the beach. They're in their Uber XL. Um, when they get there, Maeve updates the group that she started anonymously DMing one of Alex Alton, the co-managing director who died's kids, Chase, because she's wondering if this is like another round two, like with Jared in the last book, maybe. He was vengeful because, like, a family member died. And Chase indicates that he's in San Diego right now. So yeah. it's like, oh, what for? And, Ma- and Maeve is like, hey, Nate, since you, like, see Jake's mom regularly, you should start trying to talk to her. And Chris is like, better idea. What if we use Vanessa? Because we already know that they have that connection. Uh, so they're they're cooking. They are they're cooking, cooking with ideas. Um, slaying the house they're slaying slaying the pooch down slaying the pooch down i don't know i don't know (laughs) cooper chris and eddie and knox are doing one of cooper's things driving around when they spot the red car that's been tailing them and cooper is like listen i know i drive like a mom most of the time but right now i'm vin diesel and fast and furious he's gonna chase this guy all the way to the police station and when they get there it turns out to be juror x the guy who ended up getting Jake a new trial. Yes. And his name is Marshall Whitfield. And he immediately gets out, hands up. And he's like, I know this looks suspicious, uh, <laughs> but I promise, I promise I'm not like stalking you guys in a bad way. I'm stalking you guys in a way because in a I feel so, way. 
in a good way, he feels so bad about what happened during the trial and that he like lost his girlfriend, his job. And he's now like trying to stalk these children to make sure that Jake isn't giving them any trouble. Uh, and it's like not altruistic at all. It's just for his own purposes. Yeah. Like it is, it is bad. And they're like, dude, that's freaking creepy. But immediately a cop comes out because they're in the police station car- parking lot. Marshall's going to get out of there because he's like, my cover's been blown. Uh, and this clearly isn't going over the way I thought it would. No, he asked um, if they'd like share online that he's helping them. And they were like, no, no, we're not going to help your image. We're not a PR team. We're children. We, it's like, they're also, they're also like, dude, we don't know you. <laughs> oh, absolutely not. Um, but then immediately as Marshall is zipping off out of his car, the cop has come out and announces to this group that's standing in this police station parking lot that Jake is now missing. That fucking sucks. He, it seems like he got someone to help him take off his anklet and now he's just, he's in the wild. He's Pokemon, he's in the wild. Ready for that. Exactly. Yeah. So they're having a little group meeting and they also find out not that in addition to his monitor being cut off. That Chase Alton was lying. He is not in San Diego. He was just kind of throwing Maeve off the trail because he's over people trying to find out what he's up to, what he's doing. Um, And they're also at Cafe Contigo. Phoebe isn't even working and she's about to leave. And Evie, her co-worker, like new for the summer, Evie asks like Phoebe to help her. And Phoebe's like, no, I'm actually in a hurry. And Evie's like, I always help you, bitch. Like, help me this one fucking time. Which is weird for Evie because Evie's been so nice, so cheerful all summer that now for her to snap at Phoebe is very, very strange. I don't know. Kind of expected. It, that I feel like that happens a lot. I get nervous True. when people are going to snap at me at a restaurant. I'm like, Ooh, oh, no, not my coworker. Fair. Meanwhile, Phoebe and Knox, they kind of make up on the way out. I almost said make out. They make up on the way out. But Emma cuts this moment short by telling Phoebe that she needs to speed home. And when she gets home, she finds that Reggie's necklace is in Owen's bag. Yikes. What time Jake is missing? We found a dead person's necklace in Owen's book bag. Things are not looking good. For Um, them. But for Nate, things are looking great. Because we switch over to Nate. His dad has come over. He's like, hey, buddy, you know my my one friend, Uncle Pete? He's passed away. And he has given me a lot of... Like, this was insane. This was an insane jump. This is insane. Because not only is he like, Nate, don't worry. My one friend who died and gave me land (laughs) that I'm selling for money. I'm going to give you half. And it's going to be about $100,000. Are you okay with me giving that to you as an apology? for being an absent father i would be like yeah that's great that's perfect yeah sounds good my, my grandpa gave all, all the grand the boys a gun the girls a hundred dollars i would take a hundred thousand so fast i'd be like and i would also take a hundred dollars over a gun personally i think a gun would sell for more money wouldn't it probably I don't know. I don't, I don't know how much guns sell for. But again, I don't think I'd want to have to deal with selling a gun. So I do is, the $100. That is fair. And we saw my studio apartment that one time. I would leave it somewhere and forget it is fully loaded. <laughs> I'm like, Maggie, after you saying you were watching videos of dead people when you're 13 and now you're debating and hearing a gun, it's not a good look. It was just a quirk. Anyways, he's <laughs> a super a quirk. <laughs> he's super excited about this $100,000 and now Vanessa says she's coming over with good news. So he's running down the hall, clicking his heels. He's jumping yeah, he in is. the air. It's a great day. Click clack. Click clack, it's a bitch. Great, 
it's a great day to be a Nate. Insert last name here. And Vanessa, <laughs> I don't know. It's Macaulay. <laughs> Vanessa gets there and she says that Jake's mom, she showed up to her house. Jake's mom was already drunk. She was like, perfect. Let's egg her on as you do. And she said she had an affair with Alex Alton. He was kind of like 10 years older. He had kids. So he was like, let's put this on hiatus because I got to focus on my family until they started working at the same ad agency together. They picked it up again and they were both going to like cut things off with their respective partners together. And and Mrs. Rorden in that moment said something that was really, really interesting. She said that Alton was supposed to be her ticket out. So it's like ticket out of what? Because, like, she, she could have gotten a divorce. Like, she had a job. So some something's up. Um, We check yeah. in with Addie. She's been watching the news a lot since Jake is missing. Uh, Because, obviously, lots of suspicious activity is going on. And she actually has a very sweet moment because her mom is like, you need to stop watching the news so much. And also, like, I owe you an apology because I was not a good mother to you. I told you a lot of things that I shouldn't have. I basically tried to convince you to base your life around being validated by a man. And that wasn't okay. So that's really nice. Very good. Very good news on Addie's point. Maeve comes over and tells Addie that, hey, word of the town is Nate's going to get a fuckload of money. But Maeve does mention. Wouldn't you want to keep that quiet, though? Like, if you were inheriting $100,000? Like, I don't think I would tell anybody. Like, I would. I would be nervous, like lottery winners who conceal yeah. their identity. I would go that route. Exactly. Uh, Maeve also says that she's not coming up with much on the investigation front, but she does notice on Chelsea Alden's Instagram page, a person comments to say, stop stealing my photos, which Maeve catches before Chelsea deletes it. And she's like, huh, so who is she? That's what she realizes. She? The Instagram she thought was Chelsea Alton is not real. It is a fake Instagram account. Uh, and we're going to check into six years ago again right now. So we're going to rewind our timeline. And mm-hmm. Jake is now using Simon to investigate his mother's suspected affair. Um, they decide to bike over to the Alton household to just see if Jake's mom's car is in the driveway. And when it isn't, they're like, well, this was a dead end. But they end up meeting Chelsea Alton in the backyard as they're, like, cutting back to go back to where they came from. And she's like, get the fuck out. Don't cut through our yard. (laughs) She is. And Simon's kind of like, I feel like she is going to be a good adversary later on. And he's like, do you know who Jake is? And she's like, no. And he's like, well, you will someday. Exactly. Keeping that in his back pocket. Phoebe and Emma back at the Lawton household, they confront Owen and are like, hey, why do you have Reggie's necklace in your backpack? And he's like, I've literally never seen that before. Yeah. And they finally come clean with Owen. Like, hey, we know you continued to talk to Jared. And he breaks down. He cries. He's like, I didn't really know what was going to happen. I'm sorry. I have no idea why Reggie's necklace is in my backpack. I mean, sometimes I leave it at the cafe. I asked Sana, uh, Reggie's old roommate, Nate's current roommate, to watch it. Maybe she did something. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, I only leave it like unattended when I'm at the library, at the cafe. And there was that one time I told saw Sana putting things back into it because like it fell. Uh, and so they're like, that's suspicious yeah 
And they're like, we need to talk to Nate because he obviously lives with Sana. Mm-hmm. So Phoebe's heading over there, going to the construction site where his job is, but he's not showing up. So she's like, I, I got to kill time somehow. And she's like, Evie lives pretty close by her coworker. So she's like, I'll just go over there. And she knocks on the door and she's like, hey, I need to talk to you. Because I, I would feel bad too if my coworker kind of blew up at me. Exactly. And she goes into the apartment and Phoebe immediately notices the Ivy wallpaper. And she's like, oh shit, is Evie even your real name? Yeah. And Evie's like, bitch, you should not have come here. That was a bad move. So we're we're pretty much 100% confirmed that Evie is Chelsea. And now uh, Phoebe has walked right into the, you know, culprit's lair, essentially. I know. Um, now we are with Nate and the original four Bayview kids are hanging out. We got Cooper, Nate, Addie, Bronwyn drinking little, little seltzers at the, at the bar, at the country club. Because they can do um, that. And Phoebe was supposed to show up, but she's not there. Um, and Addie gets a call from like Phoebe's mom um, asking like where she's been. So Addie's like, no, I'll go, like, I'll, I'll go check in with her mom. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, Nate is like, oh, Gavin, would you actually give her a ride um, to go to go to, just to help her get there faster? Yeah. And before she goes, Nate does give like Addie a burger phone that he just yeah. randomly has because she wants one. Gavin's like, sure, yeah, I'll I'll go drop her off wherever because now they're in go find Phoebe mode. And Jake's mom kind of saunters over yeah. to Nate at the bar, drunk, which honestly jealous. And he's like, listen, you can tell me who killed Alexander Alton. He he does not beat around the bush. But Mr. Jake's dad carries her away way too fast. He comes up, he's like, um, we gotta go. My wife is a liability. And immediately after this happens, what an eventful, like, just, like, events that just happened in the span of, like, minutes here. He gets a yeah. text from Maeve uh, that's a picture of Evie in a yearbook with the name Chelsea Alton underneath it, confirming that. But yep. a few people down in that yearbook is a picture of his coworker Gavin, who he now realizes is an accomplice, and he's just handed Addie over to him. So Addie's in the car with Gavin. We switch over. They're having a fine time. They're getting along. She loses her phone between the cushions and she can't reach it. So she has him pull over to the side of the road when Nate pulls up to where they are because Snapchat location comes in clutch. And he's like, Addie, you need to get away. Gavin went to school with Chelsea. Like, I think they're co-conspiring. And Gavin's like, listen, yeah, I'm not. I I love Chelsea. We moved here together. She's she's been kind of going insane. She's like insisting that someone killed her dad. And he goes, I found this in her apartment. It was like Reggie's jacket. I don't know what to do. And he throws it at Nate and takes advantage of this opportunity to kind of hit him over the head with a crowbar. Because he's liar. Gavin, you liar. Um, and God, I I I hated this so much because Nate really does come in being like Addie. Don't ask questions. Come with me now. And Addie takes the time to be like, what, what, what's going on? She starts asking questions. If your friend motorcycles up to a location, you did not tell them where you were at and tells you to leave with them. They'll explain later. You go with them. Explain later. You don't ask questions, Addie. Like, oh my God. I know. Not good news for Addie. Cause now Nate is there. Like I think bleeding from his head. Yeah. He's bleeding. Yeah. Cause he got hit by it with a crowbar. 
because Addie had to ask questions and now she's getting tied up and put in the back of Gavin's trunk and he's got her phone too. Yeah. And she tries to like, she tries to think smart and she's like, wait, 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 I want in thinking like, obviously they have Jake. She's she's like, I want to help kill him. And he's like, I don't believe you, Addie, get in my trunk. Um, But in this moment, she also realizes that she took Nate's last burner phone that he had no use for anymore. Uh So she texts Bronwyn, I imagine T9 style of um, just like Nate hurt the parking lot of the abandoned factory they were at. Uh, I am in trunk. She basically gives like a very just like trunk, (laughs) basically like as as, uh, descriptive, but yet as few words as possible. Um, Uh And and is off to her next destination in the trunk. Phoebe, where she is at right now, being held hostage, wakes up and talks to Evie, who's now revealed to be Chelsea. Yes. She's like, hey, why do you want to frame my brother, Owen? Why put Reggie's necklace in it? And Chelsea's like, Phoebe, you idiot. You told me everything when you were drugged that night. That's why I figured you'd be practice instead of Vanessa, who I was trying to drug, because you're just perpetuating the cycle of horrible men by covering up for your brother. Exactly. Yeah. So Vanessa was supposed to be her original practice target uh, because Vanessa obviously was such a a horrible person in uh, the original uh, book. So that was going to be her initial target. But Phoebe accidentally took the drugged cup from Vanessa at the party. So Chelsea had to had to do with what she could. Um, so, So not looking good there. Uh, Addie is also now in this house too. She yeah. listens to Gavin and Chelsea argue because Gavin's like, hey, babe, you're not going to believe this. I got another one and I wasn't supposed to. <laughs> uh, and so and it's, it's I love this interaction because it also shows that like these are not polished criminals by any means. They are very much taking this st- a step at a time, like as they come. <laughs> Yeah, they're at the Alton Summer House now, a second location, and Gavin's like, Chelsea, they they found out I hit Nate, and Chelsea's like, Nate wasn't supposed to get hurt. None of these people are supposed to be here, and they're just freaking out. Chelsea's like, what do you suspect we do? And Gavin's like, let's let's blame the murder of Jake on Addie, and Chelsea's like, you fucking idiot. I guess, I mean, I don't know what else we're going to do. And Addie's like, listen, I know you guys are trying to hurt Jake, like, um, maybe there's like something else we could do instead of framing murder, my, his murder on me. Maybe he could just go back to jail. Maybe and Chelsea jail like, and and Chelsea's like, in what no, world? no, 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 no. You don't you you know like if he goes back to jail, he'll just be let out again for good behavior, whatever the fuck. This is the only way. And here, let's like let's let's bring Jake into the picture to explain why I'm doing this. And now we know now we see Jake tied up as well. He is here. And we are flashing back to six years ago and we are picturing in on Jake and Simon showing up back at Jake's house and mm. we overhear Jake's dad yelling at somebody and they both kind of creep into the living room and they overhear uh, dad and see dad yelling at Alexander Alton and Alexander Alton is in this house because he was here to start packing up some of Mrs. Gordon's things because they were going to run away together. And she's on a business trip in Mexico right now. And he just wanted to make it as easy as possible for her to get a clean getaway. And yeah, and Simon day- and Jake are not supposed to be there. They're supposed to be at a sleepover at Simon's. No. Which- and like... Uh-oh. And oh, the, the kicker here is Mr. Gordon is like, 
well, what, what do you, how are you, like, do you, do you think about my son and all of this? And, uh, like, like, how is this gonna, what are you gonna do to him, like, by, like, taking my wife away? And Alexander Alton says, I think about our son every single day. When this is where we learn that Alexander Alton is Jake's real dad. And Mr. Rorden is so livid that he starts attacking Alexander Alton. We hear a thud from behind the couch because that's where Jake and Simon are. And then we hear um, Scott, Jake's dad, yelling, get up at Alexander Alton so much, but he's he's not getting up. So Addie, present day, is now like, I have some questions I need answered. This is a lot to take in. Chelsea, how did you know about this? And Chelsea says Simon had a letter scheduled like after his death to send me with all the details. She didn't go to the cops because she was like, well, first of all, this was when the juror X stuff was happening. They yeah. weren't going to care. And he also tried to kill you. They're not they're not going to care. Yeah. And this is when we learn, obviously, Jake owed Simon for keeping quiet, which is why Jake executed this entire plan. It wasn't just that Addie was cheating on him. There was, of course, something bigger going on. And it was this. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Chelsea takes this moment to tell uh, Addie about Owen and how he, we were going to frame him and how he was involved in the Brandon murder. Which Addie and, was like, I did not know that. Um, okay. Yeah. Yikes. And she also explains her practice makes perfect plan uh, with Jake being the ultimate victim at the very, very end. Mm-hmm. Um, and th- she picked the practice makes perfect campaign because it was her dad's last um, advertisement campaign. Yeah. Kind of a nice ode. Um, yeah, a nice little, nice little, nice little nod to father, to papa. Papa. Um, but again, Addie's like, well, wouldn't you want to have Mr. Rorden be the victim? Because he's the one who killed him. And Chelsea's like, no, no, no. Let's go back Flash, to the flashback. Flashback again. We're tape. tapping back in. Roll the tape. And we see Mr. Rorden trying to revive Alexander Alton because he has fucked up and should not have done that. And while Mr. Rorden is pacing the house, Simon decides to just like slip out because he probably shouldn't be here. Simon's and like, then- I'm gonna go. This seems like a family affair. Truly. But then Simon's like, but I kind of want to see what happens. So he goes to hide in like the kitchen window bushes to kind of watch this play out. And he now sees Jake standing over Alton's body and Alton's kind twitching. of breathing, twitching. He's about to start breathing again. Not and dead. Jake grabs a kitchen towel, holds it over Alexander Alton's face and ultimately delivers the final blow, killing him. So Jake is the ultimate perpetrator here. He killed Alexander Alton. We're back to present day where Addie is shocked. She is like, he killed his own father? And Chelsea's like, yep. And mine, mine too. Don't and you Chelsea's kill like, him now? Don't I know Chelsea's like, please, now? please admit with me that this piece of shit deserves to die. Is she wrong? <laughs> is she wrong? No, I'm sorry. I would I would concoct the same shit for uh, someone who killed my dad. I love my dad. Yeah. And Cooper does what he does best. He has driven to the scene to show up. Uh, and now Gavin runs in as like, Cooper's here. Um, we should we should just bail. Let's abandon it. We scared everybody. That's fine. Um, and Chelsea's like, no, no, no. No, no, no. I'm not doing that. I did not come this far. Shot fired. Phoebe overhears it in the other room. Doesn't know what's going on. Cooper shows up and unties her. We learn that Marshall actually did help. He tipped them off to say Surprisingly, he was watching yeah. the entire thing unfold and followed them here. Marshall did help. So, like, honestly, not not all for nothing. 
And we also learned that Jake is dead. He was ultimately yeah. shot. He was ultimately shot. Um, now that we was... check in with Phoebe three days later after this whole ordeal. Nate is yep. in the hospital. Nate is He's going to be okay. I really hope Nate has good health That's insurance great. because he has been in the hospital multiple times throughout the series. Yeah, because if he doesn't, that $100,000 is going to be gone quickly in the blink yeah, of an eye. Uh, and we also learned that the, the news has found out about Owen and they're kind of seeing Owen as a victim in all of this. So he's not being blamed as like a, a culprit or whatever. Yeah, so their family is like luckily closer than ever. Um, Chelsea and Gavin made it out of Bayview. No one knows where they are. Um, she did write an apology in her house though that kind of indicates she's sorry that Reggie died. That wasn't a part of it, but she's not sorry that Jake did. And this is where I wrote in my notes, Chelsea kind of rules. Sorry. Chelsea kind of rules. Like, everything great. And also in this moment, Phoebe does remember <laughs> when they were at Cafe Contigo, uh, Evie slash Chelsea always like said she dreamed of like living out her days in Colorado, but Phoebe's not going to tell the police that because she's not really sure she wants these two to be found because maybe they did help at the end of the day. Honestly, Phoebe's a ride or die and I love her. Honestly, Phoebe's comes good, over. good at covering up these crimes in a way. <laughs> I know. Knox come on, comes over. He's like, hi, can I talk to Phoebe? And she's like, yeah, let's go talk on the roof. Um, he finally apologizes for how he acted when she told him everything about Owen. And she's like, no, I'm sorry. I think I, I should have probably come clean from the beginning. Otherwise, this wouldn't have happened. And they both are like, I, I hate not talking to you. Knox is like, you look beautiful. And she finally comes to the conclusion that she's tired of this. Will they, won't they? She's tired of putting her life off to start. And they leave the roof holding hands, um, reconciling with the fact they're going to go watch movies in his room. So everything's secretly so cute. They're going to be like a little item now. And then we are at Nate's uh, point of view. He's going to Bronwyn's. They're having like a little like hangout party vibe. Uh, we learned that Keely and Addie are basically a thing now, but they're not like taking it too fast still. Uh, and Vanessa's back in everybody's good graces. She has risen to the level of friend and that is great for her. And yeah. as, as uh, Bronwyn's dad is like cooking brats and stuff and burgers in the back, uh, Nate takes a moment to tell Bronwyn that she is his future and he does not have a ring now and is by no means proposing. And he's like, but you are my future plan. That is going to be the end for us um, in, in my eyes, which is really sweet. Yeah, it's a nice little wrap up this chapter of what the characters are going to do. Cooper and Chris are going to go to Germany to visit his yeah. family. Maeve and Addie are heading to Peru. And... So Addie is packing for Peru the next day. Her sister indicates the names of the kids if they had them. The girl is going to be Iris Adelaide, like Addie. Cute. Don't know what the boys. I think it's Will. Will is the boy. Yeah, some something like that. And Addie finds a photo of her and Jake that she kind of missed um, on her way throwing things out. So she goes to the beach to like burn it, have a little bonfire that she finally makes for herself because Jake used to always make them. And she looks at the photo of the baby's gender before she goes and the book ends on her saying, I can't wait to meet you, Iris Adelaide. It's so cute. What a good ending. Addie has had such a good arc in this series. I know. Which brings me to the question I've been wondering this whole series since we're at the end. Laura, which character do you think you're most like? 
That's a really good question because I feel like I don't relate to like any of these characters like identically, but yeah. I probably would put myself as a Bronwyn because I am such like a leader. I feel like I'm not as school driven, but I am as motivated and determined as she is. Yeah. Um, and I'm not as and I'm not as hacker as Maeve um, and not as uninterested in things as Nox is. I feel like those were like the three that I was like, I could kind of see myself in them, but I feel like Bronwyn's probably my my main. Yeah, I was thinking Bronwyn for you yeah. when I wrote this, for sure. What about you? Um, oh, I mean, I've talked to you about it. I definitely think yeah. I am Addie in yeah. terms of um, the homecoming queen, the controlling boyfriend, yeah. um, cutting off all the hair, and then just, like, the person who kind of, like, is always in the wrong place at the wrong time. I feel yeah. like sometimes I just show up places, and then I'm like, oh, I'm in You're the You're like, oh, I shouldn't be here right now. <laughs> and then, I mean, you know, she's also the queer one now, so gotta go with Addie is like, kind of, Yeah, very relatable to you, yeah. Love it. Love um, it. Love it. And that brings us to our favorite segment. I think it's kind of fun, this book. We're going to do our top five. And it's top five places we think that Chelsea and Gavin probably ran away to. Where are they? Yeah. Yes. Uh, Maggie, you should do number five. Yes. Coming in at number five, we had a gag and a goof with this top five, I will say. And we're starting off with number five. They get internships at the Applebee's headquarters. Great for I, them. I think you can really fly under the radar. <laughs> I mean it's it's a big it's a big brand how how would they get caught um number four we're saying they're gonna run away to Sandusky Ohio Ohio is a great place to run away to as somebody for, who's from there uh and we're gonna say that they're going to get jobs uh working at Cedar Point I personally picture Chelsea working as a ride operator and I picture Gavin either working at a quick service place or maybe one of the games that people don't usually play as much as the other. I others. was going to say, maybe he's on the boardwalk lording over his stuffed animals to give to people. Yeah. Um, number three, I looked up in the United States, what is the city with the least popular, the smallest city? And it's gross Nebraska with a groundbreaking population of two people. And now a hundred percent upgrade in that population. Cause Gavin <laughs> and Chelsea are going there. They are. Um, and then uh, number two, we we love this idea of them just like donning and, and, and really just observing a new type of place. We were saying they should go to a uh, Williamsburg, Virginia to partake in a very colonial, historically accurate town. I feel like, they, you know, they're churning butter, working on textiles, hammering, smithing things and other things they do in those reenactments. Yeah, Chelsea is living her best American girl life. Yes. And number one, Laura brought up Alaska and we kind of ran with it. We think that they are performing on the Alaskan Royal Caribbean Cruise Line. Love what it. are they doing? I don't know. Maybe they're, they're performing. In a show. They're, they're performing. doing dances, doing Posting songs. Bingo. Posting trivia. They got it all. Who knows? They, they do it all. And okay, Maggie, I do have to ask, who was the biggest liar this book? Okay, cracking my knuckles for this hot take. I think Knox. I think Knox. Knox about his feelings for Phoebe. Like, I'm sorry you let all this happen to her and you were never the first one to consistently show up. Like, it was Cooper. I was wow. constantly like, where is he? She's in a shed. She is just hostage so in a true. house. Where is he? That's so funny. I did put Phoebe because she continued to keep lying about Owen, oh. lied to her, Knox about her feelings. Yeah, that's um, fair. 
we know, have conflicting but, partners in the couple. lie about being at Jake's thing, lie about Jake giving her uh, help with her flat tire. So maybe it should be kind of like a, a king and queen liar for this episode. Where oh, it's Phoebe and Nas, yes, crowned as the biggest liar royalty. I think that is a good idea. We'll do we'll do Perfect. a couple a couple liar. Oh, so cute. His and hers. His and her liars. Um, but that's it. That's it. We did this season. Um, next week, in lieu Ooh. of a final thoughts as we normally do, we actually have a very special treat. This entire season, oh, this is a big secret. This entire season has been planned since last year, actually. We have actually been in cahoots. Two of us were lying. We're, we're, we were both lying. Uh, we didn't just come upon this. We were actually approached to talk about this, and we couldn't have agreed more because we were going to get to it eventually. Mm-hmm. Karen McManus is actually coming on next week's final episode, and we're going to be talking to her about her writing process, the final book, the previous two books, and what it was like to be a part of this huge, huge series now. So... Get ready for that. And in the meantime, go to bookstores everywhere. Pick up your own copy of One of Us is Back. Hopefully you've read it um, because yeah. if you listen to that, this, uh, you're going to miss a lot of fun details in the book. Yes. And in the meantime, follow us on Twitter and TikTok at yeah, we read it. We are also on Instagram at Maggie underscore and underscore Laura. And hey, we're still waiting for our hostage note. Where is it in our email? Because we but need it. We need it. We need it. Email us. We love it. Um, and I guess that's it for this episode. Um, I guess we didn't say where we're going for season 12 in the interview. Should we say where we're going for season 12 now? Or should we have it be a big surprise? Yeah. No, let's do it. You All right. do it because I don't remember. All right. Season 12. I know we've done a lot of short series lately, but we're tapping back into one with many, many books. We are very excited. We will be reading the Gossip Girl series for the remainder of this year. That will be starting in a couple weeks um, after this interview. And then it'll probably take us through November because I think there's like 12 books in that series. So, uh, But they're all short. They're all short. They're like they're all like less than 300 pages. Uh, And I'm really excited. I read Gossip Girl when I was in high school. I remember those books being very horny. I'm excited to revisit them. Um, Yeah. Let's get it popping. Let's get it popping. And you should get yourself popping over to getting our copy of One of Us is Back. Thank you for listening. And we love you. (laughs) 